UFFA. This is your November 2021 show. I am your host, Diane Berylson, with co-host Dawn Mahan. And Dawn Mahan is new with us. I want to introduce a very special woman, very talented. Dawn started to play flag football last year, correct, Dawn? Yes, after coming out of retirement from playing in college. Okay, so you were not a first-year player. Okay, excuse well, me, but you were our guest speaker. Yeah, it sort of felt like I was, right? Because it had been so long since I played. Well, you yeah. jumped on that field after a hiatus, and <laughs> you're a professional speaker. And tell us a little bit about yourself to our listeners, please. Sure, Diane. Thank you. Yeah, so I have a home here in the Florida Keys, um, not far from Diane, and I am an international speaker. I was a flag football player in college. It was intramural. It was co-ed. It was no touch. So it was quite different than the flag football I got to play here in the Florida Keys. So when I'm not playing, I am uh, teaching and speaking and consulting in the art and science of project management. So that's how we got you because you were very interesting. And here now I have to explain to everyone that our Miss Raina, who is also the IWFFA philosopher, has so busy with special projects that she's beginning. So she is retiring as our host for the radio show and also as our philosopher. So Dawn, you are our new host for the show. And I'm very grateful and I'm really excited because it's going to be a different flavor. It's a different taste for our conversations. And I just want to say how sorry I am to see Miss Raina go, but she'll come back from time to time. And I want to thank Miss Raina for her love and devotion and uh, words of wisdom. Did you know that Miss Raina was our philosopher, Dawn? I did because I received the newsletter and I always enjoy it. And so, yeah, I would read, you know, her, as you said, words of wisdom and enjoy those. So yeah, she, she will be greatly missed, I'm sure, by many folks. You know, I really loved what she wrote. I'm going to explain to our, our listeners, you know, Norway in 1972, Norway discovered this oil and this little country didn't know what to do with all of its oil. So they could have hired a banker, an oilman, accountant, I don't know, but they decided to hire a philosopher to decide what to do with the oil. Can you imagine here in America, we find so much oil, that chance we're going to hire a philosopher. But anyway, Norway did. And I thought it was really fascinating. So the philosopher decides that, you know, this oil was found in the land of Norway and all Norwegians, future included, should benefit from the oil. So I thought it was brilliant. So today, Norway is very wealthy because it's nationalized. Uh, all Norwegians share the uh, profits, but it's, it's in the bank and they have a lot of money invested in other things, but it's not one company that owns it. And I just thought that, well, what do you think about that? I think that's yeah. fascinating. I didn't know that, Diane. And yeah, I agree with you in America. It would never happen. <laughs> so yeah, they probably, listen, the oil company probably would have kept all the money and, and the government would have subsidized that company as well. So <laughs> we can only USA. a very good learning from Norway. That's for sure. Well, you know, from all the countries, man, I tell you, and that's, what's great about the IWFFA. You know, we really have learned an awful lot. Let's 
let's see, what else did we learn from the different countries? Well, the Canadians taught us, you know, on the field, not to throw the flag, but to hand the flag. Once you've deflagged a ball carrier, and that was interesting because Canada came from Quebec. They all spoke French, not much English. And the coach, Stephanie Vignault, comes up to calls timeout and she says, uh, what, what is the fight all about? Because she was, um, when you look at the actions and you don't understand the language, the actions are very powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, in the early days, flag football, players would grab the flag and just slam it on the ground. Yeah, it looked like they were trying to start a fight. So we learned after that, you know, you got to hand the flag to the player. And what else? Well, the Scandinavians, you know, they were all soccer players, all strong kickers. And that's when we implemented the rush in our flag football game. So international countries, there's more I could share with you, but you get the point that we really learned from our international friends and family. So, so Diane, um, you know, I'm learning the, uh, the art and science of flag football from you. So can you, can you explain to me and our other listeners that might not know what the rush is? What, what the rush is? Well, the rush is, so we play IWFFA rules, eight on the field, center two guards, ineligible receivers. There's blocking shoulder to the waist. We kick, we punt, and we rush from the, just behind the football on the scrimmage line. The defense is just behind that scrimmage line uh, and the offense on the other side of that football. And as soon as the ball is snapped, that's when the defense can rush and try to sack. Defensive line can try to sack the QB. So that's the rush. And when we had implemented the kick, uh, field goals, extra point. It was too easy for the Scandinavians. So we added the rush on the kicks and oh. really made, oh yeah. So it's, it's actually, our rules are very much like NFL, right. but there's no, no, no tackle, no helmets, no no pads, no shoulder pads, and no fumbles. And there's eight on the field, but the rules are very much like NFL mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah, that so, is the rule as the uh, NFL. Okay. Thank you for explaining that to us all. <laughs> well, thank you, Dawn. Thank you, Steve. Now, that's very nice that you asked me for the benefit of, uh, of everyone else. So anyway, we're looking for a philosopher. All right. We're looking well. for a philosopher. We've had, let's see, the very first philosopher was an archaeologist. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Very fascinating. She would write about women in history, Cleopatra. Mm -hmm. And who else did she write? Uh, I think she wrote about uh, Queen Elizabeth or Joan of Arc. I mean, really, really interesting stuff. And we had another philosopher that was political activist and we had Raina was a spiritualist and you've read her articles in the flag football news each mm -hmm. month and um, she really was wonderful because she gave her articles early and were very thoughtful. So the purpose of the philosopher for our IWFFA is really to give our flag football players another perspective of life. You know, we get so absorbed with sports sometimes, winning is everything and we are a woman's organization so when you read the flag football news you don't you not only get updates on flag football what's going on and coaching tips from let's talk flag football from coach Allison Wood but we have a word from our philosopher and it's meant to be thought-provoking and was there an article that uh, Miss Raina wrote that you enjoyed most 
that you remember? Well, I just remember when I when I would read it, this is what Maya Angelou says, right? Um, she says, you know, you might not remember, someone might not remember what you said, but they'll remember how you how you made them feel. And so, and that's definitely true for me. And uh, so when I would read her articles, I would feel, you know, that she was sort of reaching in and having a chat with me and sharing her ideas like over a, you know, beverage. And uh, I just really enjoyed reading her thoughts and her style because it's quite different than my background, which is all about corporate, you know, corporations and uh, helping people achieve more at work and leadership uh, from that perspective. So it was really just, you know, she just made me think differently as as you said so i can't wait to see who your next philosopher is and who we'll get to hear from next because it sounds like all fascinating women with different you know perspectives which you know who doesn't need that well all yeah and also to make that who was it who said that how you feel is what the person is left with yeah dr maya angelou who um ah. you know she, yeah, she she is incredible. And I had the great privilege to hear her in person speak at, at a college that I went to, a community college that I went to. So it was fascinating to me that such an icon would show up at a community college. And then she talked about how community college was so important. You know, I didn't grow up with a lot of money or anything. We don't have a country here that supports you going to college. You better figure it out on your own. And so I ended up, you know, going to a really good community college, but a community college nonetheless. And so I just, she, I just found her to be especially powerful in her, you know, poems and her speaking and um, what a force. And, and she's a, a large, very tall woman, right? Uh -huh. And so like her stature was also fascinating you know, to me and the way she carried herself um, with such beautiful elegance and pride. Yeah, Dr. Maya Angelou, definitely recommend checking her out. Interesting. Interesting. I'm thinking, uh, well, I'm, I'm happy for you that you got that opportunity and Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't get a chance to. She passed away not long ago. Is that correct? Yeah. And she was um, she had a, a, a long life and she'll be missed by many. She had a lot to do with making some, you know, changes in the way that people saw African-American women, I think, in, uh, you know, America, which is a big part of what's happening today. I, I think she would be fascinated by what you're doing, Diane, you know, and what we're trying to do at uh, the IWFFA as well. You know, I call Coach girls and women's flag football and I tell my players you know check out the other team when they come even before they walk on the field you can uh, understand a lot about the other person just by looking at their demeanor the way they behave the way they walk their confidence it really is interesting you can pick up a lot about your opponent and you know because women when we play we should play with what's more natural to us and instead of brute force and speed or strength and speed because uh, men are dominant women are dominant in strategy and finesse, but we get mixed up in the tackle. You know, I've said this many times, you know, I played first generation flag football in the seventies and my role models were the NFL players. All my coaches were men, you know, hit a hard, hit a hard, take a route, take a route. That game was really very physical, very rough. And through the years, our organization has defined the feminine style of playing flag football. So, but I don't want to go off tangent. 
point, I want us to stay focused on our show tonight. First of all, I'm really thrilled to have you, Dawn, as our new co-host. So thank you very much for joining us. And I want to let our listeners know that we have a wonderful conversation with Ellie Montavan from El Salvador, Brasida Beltran. They're going to talk about something different, our flag football festival next year in El Salvador. It's a week of camping and flag football, April 10th to the 17th. We had a pretty intense and funny conversation. So that's <laughs> later in the show. And, but I want to tell you what else has been happening. You know, 2018, I went to India to train a group of women from Afghanistan. They learned how to play, coach, officiate. They went back to Afghanistan. They started the Afghan Women's Flag Football Association. And then in August, everything changed, you know, U.S. military left. And while the U.S. military was in Afghanistan those 20 years, they did do good for the women because they had programs for the women to change their attitude you know, they grew up with the men being dominant, women secondhand, second-class citizens. And so they had arts, they had sports. And so anyway, we have 40 Afghan women currently in Afghanistan, and we're working to get them out and into Key West, Florida. So we have Bridget, who happens to be a flag football player, is an immigration lawyer. Her and her, for, her firm, Alnia, are working pro bono. They have filed the paperwork for all of the Afghans. They've been filed. They're ready to go. What we're waiting to do now is get, get an airplane to take them out of Kabul to another country where they would be vetted and stay for a couple of weeks. Then they go to a U.S. military base in the United States for a couple of weeks. COVID, they have to quarantine. And so far at this time, we have work and housing for 25 of the 40 Afghans. And we have a fundraiser. And we're asking our listeners and anyone out there, if they would be so kind, please, to donate any amount of money. And a woman named Layla Narani, another flag football player of ours from years ago, she's in a good situation financially. She has offered to match any donations starting December 1st for that week. So if anybody is considering to donate for these Afghan women, all the money, all the money goes to these Afghan women so that they can get situated because they're going to need some money. You know, they're leaving on a half hour notice. They're ready to leave Afghanistan and they're in hiding. And do you know anything about their situation, Dawn? Uh, have you heard stories? I haven't, except for what, you know, you shared in the last newsletter. I was fascinated by that. Can you tell us more about them? Well, I should explain how dire their situation is because, you know, a lot of the countries were not in a war, but they have to hide because the Taliban is looking for the sportswomen. And there was a, a woman, a volleyball player who was beheaded. And so so the women know that if they're found, they're definitely going to be punished because they broke Taliban law. In August, the Australian national soccer women's team was successful in flying out the Afghan soccer players without a passport, without visas, just with a letter. And it was interesting how I was contacted by the Afghans. I've been in touch with the Afghanis since 2018. We've had really good correspondence. Mm -hmm. They came, they, 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 
they want they almost came to the Key West tournament in 2019. So they're very active and willing to travel, but everything changed. So at the end of August is when we they started to ask for our support if we could. And it's interesting because I really didn't think we had a chance to do anything because this is a really big political action that that it, they're asked they were asking. But I just did what they asked. They asked me to write letters to the State Department. I did. They asked me to contact some of the congressmen and senators. I did. They asked me to get a lawyer and I thought, oh no, oh no, lawyers are so expensive. This is not going to be possible. But, you know, I did a mass email to our flag football women. You know, we have over 18,000 that the very next day, Bridget had said, Diane, it just so happens I'm an immigration lawyer and I'd be happy to help you. So, you know, I really... I just got the chills, Diane. I just, you know, I, I wonder if everybody else is feeling what I'm feeling right now, which is just, I'm just in awe, right? You know, of the situation and what, you know, when people, when, when you call and people step up to, to help other women, it's just amazing. Yeah. You, you know, Bridget Cambria, by the way, didn't mention her last name and her law, law firm and Layla Nurani. They're our flag football women. So, you know, we're doing great stuff here and can't wait for the Afghans to safely make it. I pray. I really pray uh, that every. Is working so, and so Diane, tell us if you know for the folks who want to give and have their donations matched starting December 1st, how can they do that? Okay, so on our homepage, iwffa.com, we have a link for anyone to go to our fundraiser. We have a Facebook page, and you could see right now we're about $6,200. We have not really been successful promoting it, but Lila's is uh, helping us by matching funds. So we're hoping that that's a great boom to fundraising. And so IWFFA.com. Okay. So that's how they can link to our fundraiser and any amount, really, any amount would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And the goal is 30,000, right? It is Mm 30,000. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. So we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it with uh, $5 here, $5 there. My local Key West girls, we're going to do a couple of car washes and oh, they're happy to Bring do them to yeah. my house. I, we have cars, Diane. Bring them to my house. We <laughs> well, it's easier if you bring the cars to us because we're going to so. be at the gas I, station. I guess I can. I, I'll drive but, one. But listen, time. but if, if you're willing <laughs> to give us the big bucks, we'll come to you. That's okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll. we'll all right. Not after the show. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, you're going to listen to a conversation about the IWFFA Flag Football Festival. And I hope you enjoy that segment. And so we'll be back in just a few. Hi, this is Kelly McGillis. Join me for all the action on and off the field at the annual Kelly McGillis Classic in Key West. Welcome back to On the Air with the IWFFA. And with me now are two guests, both from El Salvador. We have Welcome Brisida Racinos. Hi. <laughs> and Elisa Chavez Montalvan. Welcome to both. And we're going to talk about this new concept that the IWFFA has started to get the word out this flag football festival so ellie you are the the latin regional director i had a conversation with you about early this year and i explained to you an idea 
about having a women's flag football festival similar to the Michigan Women's Music Festival. Do you remember the conversation we had back then? Yes, definitely. I totally remember that. It's it's a great, it's a new whole idea here, in, especially in Latin America, because we're not used to that kind of activity. So I think all women are going to have fun and mostly they're going to, we're going to be promoting camaraderie and unity among all women from Central America. So, so it's it's really great that we're going to spend a lot of time together. Yeah, you love the idea. And then uh, for our listeners, let me explain. So some women may be familiar with the Michigan Music Festival in Michigan. It existed for 40 years, no longer. But in those 40 years, there was as many as five, 7,000 women only women only and clothing optional. And they had workshops in the, um, it was camping. You brought your sleeping bag tent and it was all in the forest on this women's land. And there was women support tents for different, anything you could think of. There was a lot of drumming, poetry, women's poetry, women support groups, AANA, sexual survivors, and all women were welcome. I myself did the flag football several years. And it was just a fantastic experience. One week in the woods with women, clothing optional. And that itself is interesting. Now, Brasida, the women in El Salvador and Central America, they're not quite as free as, as these women I just described at the Michigan Music Fest, are they? No, uh, no. Um, actually, <laughs> Central America or Latin America, I believe, women are, are not uh, used to this type of events like Ellie was telling you. And there is a lot of, how do you, how do you call it? Like women cannot do this. Yes. Shy. Shy. Yes. They're okay. very shy. Yeah. And yes, the environment that we grew up in, it's very just for men. Men can do this, but not women. So it's not something that you, you get to, to have once a year, right? So interesting that you say that, you know, in Key West for the Key West tournament, you know, we house the officials. And I remember one year I had a, a suite that slept seven men. I mean, there was a king size bed that sleeps three people. There was a queen bed that sleeps two it was a pullout. Anyway, it was kitchen and oh my God, it was gorgeous, wonderful. And knock, knock, knock on my door. I get two officials at my house. And I said, hi guys, how you doing? But why aren't you in your hotel room? And it's because the other guys refused to share a bed with another man. So the king size <laughs> bed that normally sleeps three people, one guy, one guy was in the queen size bed. One guy was in the pullout. One guy was sleeping on the floor and my two officials the one from Denmark and the one from Scotland come knocking on my door now so then I I, I asked men at the tournament what's wrong with sharing a bed never ever never it's it's, it's homo homo you know. oh my god anyway 
so that was years ago and i real and then meanwhile the female officials oh my god if it was a king size bed that could fit three women well we yeah. could we, we could squeeze in five we could squeeze in five no yeah. problem it's true but now but then i remember uh, a year ago i had maria with me from honduras mm-hmm. and we had queen size bed no wait a second we were in new orleans oh wait a second oh this in, in june right yeah yeah and so there so we had two queen size beds and we had there was four of us there was three women one man and uh <laughs> the man was your husband Bree. yeah so i says so i says to the two women well let me sleep with jc i have no problem <laughs> But the other women, <laughs> listen, the other women were uncomfortable. They were both from Central America. And I says, yeah, what's the yeah. problem? And it's because they're not used to two women sleeping in a bed. Is that right? Is that uh, is that very unusual for two women to share a bed, like at a tournament? To be honest with you, I, I could do it. I mean, when we were re- really comfortable last time that we were at the church uh, in Key West. Okay. We were not sharing beds but we were sharing the same room and we were like how many women like eight i believe or nine uh-huh per room mm-hmm. per room yeah so it yeah was... but you did have but you did have your own bed i mean that's a little bit of a difference i mean to, to no actually, but i've been on camps you know. i've been on camp and we, yeah we can share beds with women it's just that okay. i guess yes. you need to at, at least to know her right at least to know her yeah <laughs> Or, at least or you at need least. to know her name or <laughs> where are you from <laughs> that's so anyway so but 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 the point of this is that to take your shirt off in a forest with women only this is going to be a new experience for the central american woman don't you think yes I, I don't think that they will do it but okay. <laughs> but i want to explain now i want to explain i want to share with our listeners the purpose of taking some part of your clothing off and there were there were women at these festivals who were completely naked you know in our society now listen in our society women are so influenced by the men we don't even realize it i myself i could speak specifically subconsciously without even realizing it i do things automatic because i've seen the men do it and by taking your and that's society that's in every country around the world so when you take your clothing off you strip a part of society you know it's society that says you have to have clothes you have to look a certain way a woman has to have makeup has to have high heels so so that's the purpose that's one of the reasons why women take off would take off their clothes clothing optional i myself would take my shirt off easily and you know the scandinavians they go the women go swimming topless do you do that in central america we don't no, no, we don't. No. But no. you know what a the great harassment feeling. level is, is is different here. Oh, harassment. You mean you would be harassed yes. by the men? Yes. Would you be harassed? Yes. Would you be harassed by the women? Not really. I believe Not that yet. the women would have more respect. Yes. Okay. But anyway, but but what we're trying to do is, you know, 
flag football in the United States has been since the, its onset. You know, the 70s was was the first generation of flag football. It really came from the first Super Bowl. That was 1967. And all these Americans are watching this phenomenal game on TV. They got excited. They want to play. To put on a helmet, shoulder pads, you know, a lot of the people were not up to it. So flag football took its place, you know, and satisfied this. So in the early years, when we played flag football, very much like tackle, well, all my men, all my coaches were men, all the officials were men. You know, I remember the first year I was 18 years old. I asked my uh, coach, you know, I don't know how to play. He says, just watch football on TV. And that meant NFL or college football on uh, the weekends. And, you know, they, they got helmets and shoulder pads. And, you know, during my games, my coaches would always tell the girls, you know, hit a hard, hit a hard, take her out. So for like the next generation, this is the style of flag football we were playing in America. Women's flag football, really rough, man, really rough. And, you know, we had, and some of the teams, they lived up to their names, Cincinnati Rats, you know, or San Francisco, No Fear, you know, or New York Sharks. And, and it's, it, it was very interesting. And then through the years, you know, me as the, the founder for the IWFFA, I realized that that's not the woman's game, you know, because we're so heavily influenced. And so that's when IWFFA started to get its clear message that women should create its own style. Women should play with finesse and strategy because those are our strongest points. The men muscular are stronger, faster. That's their game. That's their style. It's well suited for their physique. The women, we have a different body. We are emotional. We are a different spirit. So anyway, one of the challenges was this mentality, hit a hard, hit a hard, take her out. And you know what? We're a unity of female athletes. And how can you make friends with someone when you're on the field, hitting a hard, hitting a hard, taking her out, taking her out. So when I went to the Michigan Music Fest in the 90s, I learned an awful lot. And this environment, it built the female spirit. It empowered the women and it unified. And you really started to think, I did, on a very, very different level. For the American women, that's where I always knew that I wanted to structure such an event. But you know, Central America, I have to say, the Latin women are also, it's not uncommon for women perhaps to be jealous of one another. Agree or disagree, Ellie? Definitely, yes. Brigida, um, you, do you you gonna are, go ahead? Uh, yes. Here in Latin America, we are very emotional and um, sometimes, well, very very competitive when it comes for games. So I guess it has to do what you were talking about, Diane. That we that that's how men is is teaching all their teams to be very competitive, to hit them hard, to, to you're run very fast. You're talking about the, the male coaches. Yeah, the male coaches. Probably it might be the reason why we're very competitive because that's how they we learn from them, uh -huh. maybe. Uh -huh. So, you know, when we structured the Central America flag football tournaments, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, we structured the uh, social events. And Brasida, do you think that it kind of took the edge off of this competitiveness, the social events after the games each night so that the teams could make friends with one another? Did you, did you, do you, did you notice a difference or, or not? Yes, I did. And 
and actually that help us to build uh, a better communication between Guatemala and Honduras. This I felt the same when we traveled to Key West and we shared that room with a lot of women. We were Salvadorian, Honduras, Guatemala, in uh, Sierra Leone. So at the end, those type of unity events that we had got a better a better um, relationship between one another. So yes, that those social events, even the the uh, the games that we have between games during the tournaments, that help us build a little bit more the friendship that we have, or that we have the the, the little chance to to build. Yeah, and you know, mm-hmm. also also with that camaraderie, that friendship uh, with the opposing teams you know the games are beautiful they're they're clean they're clean they are yes you don't see dirty shots i don't see dirty shots that i used to in the early years and so i attribute that to the socializing and so to take it to the next step next year we're having the flag football festival and it's going to be a week of camping, tenting in one area with women only. We're going to do flag football training for every position every day. Plus also those will be an hour and a half clinic. So you'll have uh, one day you'll have for punters, kickers, receivers, running backs for every position in flag football. And so in the, you also have time for women's women's writing, women's poetry, women's issues, uh, anything that women's drumming. And in the evening, we're going to do the music, you know, women's music. And we'll give that forum to the group of women. And I bet you that the, the women in Central America will have an effect. The flag football women having this experience will transfer to their teams Hopefully. What do you think? We were talking about, we were organizing the event. Uh, We had a meeting earlier today. What were you thinking, Ellie, as we were describing about what needed to be structured for the event? Yes, we were discussing what needs to be structured for the event. We were discussing about food, that it has to be healthy. We like that idea because usually here in in Latin America, we don't eat that healthy, that much healthy food so that gives us another point of view on how to try to be more healthy as well we we like that idea and also the idea of camping sleeping on sleeping bags it's it's a whole new experience and you don't get those experiences a lot of time and especially talking about music as well that's very nice poetry you know by doing something different than your everyday routine, it it gives you a a really, really nice experience. Yeah. So Presida, what what was your thoughts about what was shared about structuring this flag football festival in El Salvador? Well, that is going to be a big opportunity, not only for Central America, but for our country to have the first festival, the IWFFA uh, Women's Festival here, because to consider a country to have the first event, an event like that, it's a big responsibility. So I know that we will be getting help from all of the women that we have here in, in, in the country, but also from other countries. So we're I was really excited to hear all the, the ideas that we had and also your experience because out of the, the group that we had or the meeting that we have today, you you have been probably the only one who has been on a festival like that. So right. yeah. 
Yes. So for us, it's something new. I was thinking that it was a big opportunity for Central America, and hopefully it will get, it will give us a better idea how to improve it for next year, wherever the, the festival is, either if it's in Central America or in, in a different country. Well, it's going to be a, it's, it's a challenge already. It'll be an annual and we're definitely going to build upon it. We decided we would have 20 women. So 20 women, by the way, we have two Swedes, two Americans who definitely want to attend the festival. So that means 16, that's four, 16 more spots because we're going to start small and then expand. And we have that indigenous woman who's going to share about the culture of the life in El Salvador for uh, indigenous people. I think that was very, very interesting. And just being in another country in private land. So it's a safe safe place to be. So it's going to be a lot of work for us, the organizers, but I think it'll, I think it'll be a wonderful experience for everybody. What do you think was the biggest challenge that we talked about organizing from our meeting this morning? I believe that getting the, the tents for why, because <laughs> a lot of women are going to be traveling probably by bus if they're coming from Guatemala or Honduras. And sometimes that can be expensive here because we're not used to have those type of equipments right on a daily base but I believe that that's probably on my end that's the biggest challenge that we will have to get something comfortable for the women to be in yes and something uh, really affordable we'll find out and we have many more meetings to attend so that it could be organized very well but I wanted to share on on the air with the IWFFA the concept about the flag football festival El Salvador will host the very first next year April 10th to the 17th, April 10th to the 17th, we'll have 20 women will be allowed to join us for the first year. There'll be music, there'll be workshops, there'll be flag football, and of course, there'll be an exciting tournament game. And then also, there'll be women who will set up the week before, there'll be women to close down the week after. The following year, in 2023, we're going to have our second IWFFA flag football festival, and that's going to be in Sweden. And that's going to be structured a little bit different because in Scandinavia, it's just, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, We've started to beginning talks about structuring that festival, but that'll be in Scandinavia. And so anyone who's interested to join us for El Salvador, just email the IWFFA and our email address is real easy. It's IWFFA at IWFFA.com. El Salvador is going to be the host. Uh, Brasida is the president of the women's flag football in El Salvador. Ellie is the Latin regional director. And so are you going to take your shirt off Brasida if Ellie does I I know Ellie for for I believe eight or, or more more years and probably the only thing that she has seen so far from my body are my legs <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, Ellie, if Brasida takes her shirt off, shirt off, will you take your shirt off? <laughs> I might think about it, <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, if everybody does it, I will need to do it. 
You know what? Okay. No guts, no glory. Anyway, listen, ladies, thank you so much for sharing with us. I really look forward to the event. I'm definitely going to be there. I enjoy all the, all the love and passion you ladies have given El Salvador for women's flag football. You ladies are the founders for sure. And thank you so much. And thank you for joining for us in that conversation. Thank you for having us. Thank you for inviting us. ¿Ya se registraron para el próximo torneo IWFFA? Es fácil, es divertido, es flag fútbol. Aceptamos y damos la bienvenida a todas las edades y a todos los equipos con distintos niveles de juego, desde altamente competitivos, competitivos, sociales, principiantes, infantiles. Deseamos verte a ti y a tu equipo en la cancha en el próximo torneo IWFFA. Ofrecemos torneos a lo largo del año y alrededor del mundo. Solo vayan a nuestra página oficial de la Asociación de Flag Fútbol de Mujeres, www.iwffa.com. Experimenta la emoción y juega. IWFFA, Flag Fútbol Femenino. A lo largo del mundo, en su mejor momento. Conoce de nosotros en YouTube, nuestra página web y correo electrónico iwffa.com. Únete hoy. Nos vemos en la cancha. And we're back. You're on the air with the IWFFA. I'm Diane Verlson with our co-host, Dawn Mahan. Okay, Dawn, what do you think? The Flag Football Festival, is it something that you would be interested in? Well, it's interesting because I I have a dream to go to as many countries as possible, right? And I've never been to El Salvador, so I'd love to hear more about, you know, what you are planning. And I know for you that this is kind of a dream come true, isn't it? It is because, first of all, it's in Central America. You know, a lot of our Central American women, we have lots of teams in those countries. And there's a lot of competition. The women are very competitive. And, you know, the purpose of the Flag Football Festival is for the, to bond, to build the female spirit, and to change the spirit the flavor of the sport to a different level, a higher level of thinking and feeling. So as I said, I shared with Brasida and Ellie, you know, my experience in the Michigan Fest really taught me so much and I learned and grew from that. So we want to share that with our flag football women. So anyway. So what do you have, yeah. what do you have planned for the Well, it's the women who, whatever the women want to share, we have an acupuncturist, we have an indigenous woman so far, and, and we invite women to share whatever they would like to share with the other women. And so we'll have the flag football every day and lots of women's music, women only, and um, something very different for our flag football women. And I really encourage everyone to consider heavily joining us, especially the first year, because founding members of the flag football festival, you know, the following year in 2023, we will add another flag football festival in Sweden. So I think this is going to be very successful 
successful with the women, not just the flag football women, but non-athletic women. It's it's all about women's empowerment. That's the goal. So, okay, Dawn. So let's talk a little bit. We have just a few minutes left for the show. Guatemala, by the way, is having a friendship game this next weekend coming up. They are competing against El Salvador. And then we have our official 30th Kelly McGillis Classic International Girls and Women's Flag Football Championship and World Challenge game the last weekend, the last week of January. So we talked to you and I a little bit about that because uh, as you mentioned, you were surprised that it's going to be the 30th, correct? Right, because I was at the games last year and had the chance to play for the first time in the tournament. And and as you, you reminded me, well, because of COVID, we couldn't have the real deal tournament. We had to have a local tournament instead. So I'm so excited that that you're you're planning on the real 30th right to be coming so so tell us more about what you're planning diane well yeah so it was just actually was just like two weeks before the tournament this year we found out that we could not have any national or international teams and that was sad because we were expecting a huge celebration for our 30th so it's the official 30th eight international teams we've got morocco jamaica honduras el salvador mexico colombia sweden possibly panama not sure and U.S. teams across the United States. So it's the full week event, which is Women's Speaker Series. Kelly McGillis is going to give some acting. And um, we have uh, fun games, social events every day, every night. Flag football clinics for players and officials. We're doing an officiating certification. The dates are the full week is January 24th to the 31st. The 31st is going to be our international flag football conference. And for games only, teams that just want to compete in the tournament, that'll be the Thursday to the Sunday night. That'll be January 27th to the 30th. So it is big excitement. And we got a brand new field in Key West, artificial professional field. We never had that before. Yeah. Wow. yeah, we've been playing on grass fields, but they just, as a matter of fact, they just had the uh, opening ceremonies this past weekend. And, you know, it was nice, I got to say. So I went down to check it out. I spoke to the guy who was in charge and he said he really was happy to to have the women's flag football at that facility. He thought that the flag football was the most exciting sporting event in Key West. Oh, I love it that he said that. That's awesome. And that, that is our women and that, that is our girls. So anyway, Very so cool. that, and, and if teams, you know, the deadline to register is December 20th. So you still have uh, plenty of time to bring your team. And if you're an individual, uh, come join the loose women's team. Very special team. Once a loose woman, always a loose woman. <laughs> so Dawn, before we leave next month, do you want to do a live show? Do you have any thoughts throwing you into the fire? We could ask our audience to send us their questions or topics. We could get some guest speakers on those topics. What do you think? Well, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Tonight is your yes. virgin show. So we, <laughs> yes, we broke thank your... Thank you for being kind to me on the first one. <laughs> 
Well, I'm glad you thought that it was easy. We'll figure out what we want to do for the next show, if it's going to be live or another tape show. But right. I'll tell you one thing about doing a live show, though. Time is a factor, you yes. know, because 9 p.m. Eastern is not a convenient time for Asia. You know, the Moroccans, it's uh, two or three o'clock in the morning. So that's you know, hard. Well, you can't ever like I do international work all the time. Right. And you can like never win when you have an international audience like you do. You just can't ever win. You know, you'll get some folks and not others. And that's why luckily they're recorded. Right. To our listeners, our to contact the IWFFA, send us an email, IWFFA at IWFFA.com. Check out our website. We've got a list of all the 2022 tournaments. There's a lot, lots of tournaments. Go check it out and come join the show. If you'd like to be on the show live, we'd be happy to bring you on. And Dawn, you were wonderful. Thank you very much for sharing and for being our host. And Miss Raina, we love you very much and uh, wish you well. And we'll see you on the flag football field. And when you have time, you come say hello to us. And to all our listeners, have a happy Thanksgiving this month and good health and happiness. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you, Diane. And thanks, everybody. Please don't forget to help a sister out and especially December 1st for that week. Go check out on the website how you can submit funds to help the Afghan women and get those funds matched. So please don't forget about that December 1st on the IWFFA website. Very good. Dawn, you should be the host. I should be your co-host. Oh, no way. I can't. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Till Bye. next time. Till next time.